0: welcome to heating up
1: a podcast about climate change
0: our, our dangerous, dangerous future, future and, what and what you can, can do, do about, about it.
1: it all right <laughs> was that our best or I, our worst It could be both
0: <laughs> maybe medium
1: yeah uh, new week new us uh this is the 16th episode
0: so We've made it past the, what was it? The.
1: It was like episode 7 and then episode, like every like milestone, like most of them don't get to, but 25 was the big one. Like Ooh, So we still like, have to get there. Yeah, 75% never get there. We're on track. We're doing good.
0: Yeah, so far so good.
1: Yeah, okay, so this week we're not doing the news, Corinne. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: so glad I couldn't take it today.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, I guess, sorry, before we get into that, we should do, uh, how are you's? Mm -hmm. anything new and exciting going on with you new
0: and exciting with me no i got nothing i uh went to a friend's house and ate some spaghetti and uh that's about it
1: okay great yeah i went to a friend's house had banana pudding we went to a greek greek uh orthodox easter it's not orthodox (laughs) it's the greek orthodox church that's how they get greek easter
0: greek easter but they're not orthodox greeks whatever that means
1: It's, it's the okay The Greek Orthodox Church is the one who celebrates Easter that week. (laughs) That's where it's
0: coming from. Oh, look how mad I made him. You can't see it, but he closed his eyes. (laughs) It's good.
1: Uh, Anyways, we did that. But the reason we're not doing the news this week is because we also had a heating up special.
0: Yeah, on the streets. Yeah,
1: man on the streets interviews. We went to the Earth Day Festival. So we had Earth Day this week. Uh, I know it's a big celebration for all of you. (laughs) And they had a big uh, party event down at Southside Park. Mostly selling stuff. Yeah, a lot of people selling (laughs) stuff. But we went down to the Earth Day Festival to kind of get an impression of what the average person might think about climate change and climate disasters. So we went down there to interview some people on the spot. Basically, we asked them if they were worried about climate change. And then if so, like what have they done to prepare for disasters? So, one of if they, have they already taken any steps? Are they thinking about it at all? And we got a decent range of opinions. I think the one thing that was pretty common is we'll play a few of these interviews here. But one thing that was really common was that pretty much everyone was worried about climate change. They're very
0: worried. Yeah. Very worried. Like, I think the lowest was, like, I'm, like, an (laughs) 8 out of 10. Yeah, I
1: think one of the people, yeah, later was, like, yeah, 6 or 7. But, like, that was, yeah, most people were, like, extremely worried.
0: 10, very worried. My biggest worry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll start with uh, one of the first people we interviewed was Marnie. And she's with the Friends of Southside Park. So, we went up to her.
0: Which is where the uh, Earth Day Fest was. It was at Southside. Yeah.
1: So, And Marnie expressed uh, pretty much the same sort of sentiment that a lot of people that we talked to expressed. She was very concerned about climate change, she said she was 10 out of 10, as you'll hear, but that she hasn't done a ton of actual preparedness herself and that she's not too terribly worried about uh, climate disasters. And what was your name? Marnie. Marnie. And you're with Friends of Southside Park? Yes. Awesome. So, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about climate change? 10 10 okay so what sort of things do you think that you've done personally to prepare for climate change
2: uh starting with the in the political arena support people who believe in it and who have actual plans to improve the situation
1: that's great and then personally have you done anything to prepare for like the likelihood of climate disasters so like floods or fires or things like that
2: well, I live in a in in this area, which is fairly close to the rivers. So, I, you know, I have two kayaks and my uh, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, sure. But no, uh, no. I'm, I mean, I'm not worried about floods in the Sacramento area. But I conserve water, you know, and recyclables, and you know, try to be <laughs> great. Yeah, well, thank conservative. You
1: so much. No, that's perfect. Thank you. That's what, <laughs> that's what we were looking for. Thanks so much. Yeah, sure. And then after that we've got a couple, Barry and Catherine, who we ran into and they've got their cute little baby. Adorable. Uh, And Barry was very knowledgeable about the levee system and about the improvements that are being made to the Sacramento levees and was concerned about natural disasters but hadn't been able to yet take uh, some of the basic steps. He had just moved and so we'll talk to Barry and uh, Catherine for a minute. Do you guys live in Sacramento? We
3: live in West Sacramento. West Sacramento,
1: okay. And how worried are you guys about climate change?
3: Well, being the fact that we're our neighborhood is surrounded by water on three sides, uh, between the port, the deep water shipping channel, and the Sacramento River, uh, it is a concern in the back of our minds, you know, going just beyond the basic, do we need flood insurance if there's a bad storm? It's what's going to be like in 30 years.
1: Perfect. That's, I mean, the exact path we wanted to go down because our podcast is about uh, climate change and disaster preparedness. So you mentioned floods. How worried are you about the floods? I know that they've been doing work on the levees in uh, West Sac.
3: I have faith in the Army Corps of Engineers and the rating system and the work that uh, that they do and they contract out for on the levees. But I also know that the levees do need a lot of work. Uh, they need retrofitting, okay, and uh, oh, yes, you need water. Yes, you do. <laughs> and um, it, it's
4: yeah, I can. <laughs> Yeah, water.
3: Um, no, it's. I'm going to start that one over baby. because, baby, yeah. Yeah, I have faith in the Army Corps, Corps, the Army Corps of Engineers and what they're doing with the levees and getting them up to snuff and uh, improving the, uh, the codes that, um, uh, that make the levees uh, not just 100 year but 200 year uh, flood capable. At uh, the same time, we don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know if they're going to be ready. Uh, so it, it is a concern, even whether that's a seasonal storm uh, type flood or if it's something worse.
5: And
1: have you guys done anything to personally prepare? Like, do you have an emergency plan? Do you have, you know, flood insurance? Do you have any sort of personal... We just
3: moved about a month ago, so okay. we're working on
1: that. Oh, Awesome. Great. So I was pretty impressed that Barry knew that our levees were currently in the process of being upgraded from what's called a 100-year flood levy to a 200-year flood levee. That's some information that shows he's definitely paid attention and is knowledgeable. Um, yeah, so hopefully they get the, some preparedness steps taken in the next few months. The next people we spoke to were Eric and Marcus, and Eric and Marcus were also worried about climate change, and they expressed a sentiment that you're going to hear a few more times today, and we heard a lot, which is that people aren't quite aware of what they should be preparing for or the resources to get prepared, and so hopefully we can do a better job of getting those resources out to people.
0: So kind of a younger age group, maybe less than 25, Um, they were pretty worried, and uh, let's hear what they had to say.
1: On a scale of like one to ten, how worried are you guys about climate change? Uh, probably about a eight. An eight? Yeah. Okay.
5: I would say maybe a six or seven.
1: Maybe a six or seven. All right. And then uh, you guys live in Sacramento? Yes. Okay. Are you guys worried at all about natural disasters? So we live at the floodplains. We have fires. We've got all sorts of stuff. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any sort of preparedness plans? Like, do you have an emergency plan? Any sort of? No, unfortunately not. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Is that something that you would like to do? Yes. Yeah. Now? For or- sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, like what's one thing that you would like to have done in that area that you haven't done? Um, I guess honest, get more and more. yeah, for sure, because I honestly don't even know what I would prepare for yeah, for a natural disaster.
0: What okay. area of
1: Sacramento do you live in? Oh, so, know. yeah, floods, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Awesome, well thank you guys. No problem. Thank
0: you. Right. thank you.
1: So yeah, Eric and Marcus were not the only people we spoke to who were just kind of lacking the resources. The next person we spoke to was Jason from the March for Science, and Jason was very aware of climate change, extremely worried about climate change, but also hadn't done much preparedness. Now I think this might be some sort of self-selection, but a lot of the people we spoke to, like Jason, were doing a ton of work on the activist organizer side of climate change, fighting to prevent more carbon emissions, but they were so busy with that kind of work that they hadn't had time or energy to focus on personal preparedness. So let's let him talk, and you'll hear this sentiment a few more times today. And Jason, how worried are you about climate change? I'm
5: extremely worried about climate change. I think it's probably the most important thing that's facing humanity as a whole, um, in terms of our long-term survival into the future.
1: Sure. And so you personally, have you done anything to prepare for the impacts of climate change?
5: I mean, to prepare for the impacts of climate change, probably not as much as I should. I try and do things to reduce my carbon footprint, but in terms of actually preparing for large scale disasters, not as much as I really should in terms of things. Well, a lot of it's actually illegal in California in terms of like storing water in barrels and stuff like that. What is the barrier to preventing
1: you from doing more? So, like,
5: I guess I really. I think of it as probably more of a uh, something that's going to take a really long time and it's not really imminent to me. Okay. I think that in terms of what we need to do to prevent it from becoming worse, that is very imminent and actually changing society's mindset about that. But I think that, that, that climate change is like a problem in terms of something serious and urgent like happening to us today. I, I just don't feel the urgency of like a disaster scale event happening.
1: Yeah, I was a little... Um Surprised that Jason, who uh, you know clearly understands the danger that climate change threats, still feels that climate change isn't quite an emergency situation for us right now. Um, yeah, so that was interesting to me. And then the next person we spoke to had kind of a very different take on it was Katie. And Katie's from the Sacramento Community Land Trust. And that was a really cool organization. Like, I had never heard of them before, but they're doing great work. We'll have links to all of these people's organizations that they were representing in our uh, show notes. So if you are interested in any of the work that they're doing, definitely check them out. But, uh, yeah, Katie, who was well aware of the emergencies that we've already experienced, even here in Sacramento, and had a lot to say about the air quality issues and uh, about the fear of fires and some other issues. And she had already taken the first steps to thinking about disaster. So let's talk to Katie. So how worried are you about climate change?
4: Very worried. We know that I mean the data is so clear and everything you see in the news when you think about what the world will look like even in the next 10 years it's it's freaky. We got to do something now.
1: Sure. And um, how worried are you specifically about climate-related disasters, so floods and fires? Very
4: and much. I mean, we know we live in a flood area, and so I mean, especially like I'm someone who doesn't have a car because of the cost and because of the environmental reasons. And you think about what would happen if there was a flood coming. How would I get out? What would my plan be? Who would be hurt by that? Can I take people with me? Like, I mean, it's crazy that we're planning. And we saw it with the fires. I mean, I have really bad asthma, and so like that really impacted me and trying to get a plan for all of that. It's sure. it's a lot to plan for.
1: So, do you have a disaster plan right now? Like, do you? Have an emergency
4: room. I have an idea of what it, <laughs> <But that's okay. laughs> I've thought a little bit about it which is like my neighbor has a car and I'm like okay two of us can get in the car with our dogs and drive to my aunt's house in Placerville because that like unless that's where the fire is and then I, I'm stuck I have sure. air filtration in my house you know trying to get as ready as I can be
1: and what what is it that you think is the number one barrier to getting ready for disasters
4: uh, I mean, some of it's resources, right? Like, thinking about, like, especially if you don't have a lot of family nearby, if you're limited mobility, I mean, how do you really escape that? And I think we saw it when the fires, when our city and county didn't quite agree on, should you be outside with masks, should you be inside, like, what's the best practice? So I think we could be doing a better job of getting people clearer, like, blueprints of here's what it looks like so that it makes it easy for people to get ready. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome.
1: The next person we spoke to was a young woman named Diane. How worried are you about climate change?
4: Very, Very. extremely.
1: Okay, uh, what is it specifically about climate change that has you up at night?
2: Um, I would say that we are already seeing disasters from climate change that have killed thousands of people that have largely gone unrecognized, and I think it's just gonna get worse as the earth continues to warm.
1: Sure, and so on a personal level, have you done anything to personally prepare for a likely disaster? No. No? Okay. What do you think is the what is preventing you from doing that? Is it like a lack of information or a lack of uh, resources or is it a lack, you know,
2: I think I'm mostly not immediately concerned about my safety as much as I'm concerned about other people's safety. I live in an urban area, which tends to be um, either better protected or easier to rebound from climate disaster um, compared to like in our area, the rural areas have a more difficult time with the fires, for example. So if I lived in a rural area, I'd probably be pretty prepared, but in an urban area, I'm not too concerned.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, We're not... What I felt was really compelling about Diane is that she was working really hard on the activist organizer side of things to, you know, organize for climate justice, to try and prevent continued CO2 emissions. But all of that work, I got the impression that she felt it would almost be selfish or self-serving to, you know, make herself personally prepared for climate change. And, of course, you've got to find a good balance. So hopefully Diane can find the balance and find a way to make herself prepared as well. The next person we spoke to was Laura.
2: Laura Hansen. I'm board president of Chill Sacramento. Awesome. Yeah. And how concerned are you
1: about climate change? Very. Very. Okay. What concerns you the most about it?
2: Uh, what concerns me the most is that we aren't taking seriously the state that we're in right now, kind of where we are in the progression of climate change. And we uh, somehow need to have a, a more profound collective wake-up call before we can decide to have the political will to make the changes we need to make. Because awesome. it's still there's still time, uh, but it's it's already past the time um, for feeling the effects of it by twenty
1: thirty. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of feeling the effects for it, have you done anything to prepare personally for climate change catastrophes?
2: Uh. Y- well it's no wrong answer well I I'm trying to have say yes no at the same time because we're this summer preparing for all that so we're changing our vehicles uh, we're looking at where we want to live and have it be um, uh, off the grid energy source and as green as possible sure Um, and we're also looking into what we do need to do to prepare correctly so. Sure.
1: So, what sort of role does like the disasters that are coming factor in? That? So, you're looking for a place off the grid. Are you making sure that fire safety is a big deal? Or here in Sacramento, obviously, floods is a big deal. Things like that. Are those factoring into your choice of where you want to live?
2: Uh, they are, and also the type of home we might build. So, we're looking sure. at concrete, uh, and um, looking at kind of floodplain predictions and flooding predictions for both the American and Sacramento rivers. And the fact that Sacramento Valley is on a bedrock plate is very helpful as far as earthquakes. Mm -hmm. But it's in a valley, so that's not so great for floods.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you've clearly done some
2: research into this stuff, so that's awesome. And and we're a city of trees, so that's a concern for fire. Yeah. So it's a bit of a dilemma, actually. And my husband and I were just talking about it a couple days ago on, all right, where do we find the resources to learn about how we... You know, where is the best place to live and how do we prepare? It's just something, the conversation we had 48 hours ago. Awesome. Well, thanks
1: so much. I was really impressed with Laura's uh, planning for the future of climate change. And you know the fact that she's factoring in what possible disasters are going to take place into her choice of where she's going to have a home and what it's going to be made out of and knowing full well the risks associated with living in a place. I think too often we move to a place and we don't know until we get there. And once you're settled and once you've got a 30-year mortgage, you're kind of stuck in a place. So you better be really aware of what the possibilities are, especially in a changing world. So that was really an interesting facet that we heard when we spoke with Laura. And then one of the last people we spoke to was Faye, and Faye was great. Faye is from the Poor People's Campaign, and she was the most prepared person we talked to, so we're going to let her speak for herself. I'm sorry, what was your name?
6: My name is Faye Wilson-Kennedy. I'm one of the co-chairs of the California Poor People's Campaign, based here in Sacramento.
1: Awesome. And so how worried are you about climate change?
6: We are very worried about climate change as well as ecological uh, devastation in general, particularly as it impacts communities and communities of color. So we're all, that's one of our five pillars of, of the Poor People's Campaign. Uh, so we're out here engaging community members on a beautiful day trying to educate the public about the Poor People's Campaign as well as how we all have to have a part in protecting the planet and our environment.
1: Awesome. That's, that's I mean, it's great work. Uh, I wanted to ask personally, how have you prepared for a climate change impact? So disasters and things that might be more likely to happen because of climate change.
6: So what my family has done is we have like a family plan. Like if we are separated from one another, where we would go How will we connect with one another? We've also put together a kind of like a backpack with really basic supplies in there. Those are great steps. Yes. Bottle water, first aid kit, batteries, radio, stuff like that.
1: Awesome. So you're you're already ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah, way more than most people.
6: Well, because my neighborhood association, mm-hmm. in conjunction with other other neighborhood association, actually went through some of the training, and talked about what families need to do. Particularly families with children, you really have to come up with a plan because oftentimes you're at different places and everything. So yeah.
1: Now, and so I'm going to ask you a little bit more in the second level. Question. Okay. Do you know how much food and water FEMA suggests people have on
6: hand? I don't know offhand, but in our in our, my husband and I each have each have a backpack. We have a couple of cans of canned goods, like Viena sausages, different things like that. Uh, we have, like, three cans of each. But there is, according to how many, in, how many in your family, how much canned goods, how much things like that you need. I don't know it offhand and okay, everything. No worries. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So, just so, for your own, uh, FEMA suggests everyone have two weeks' worth of right. water and food because that's how long it says they're going right, to get so, yeah. Right, I mean, right, right. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for no, your time. No, thank
6: you yeah. very much. Awesome. Take care. You
1: okay. too wanted to end with Faye because I really enjoyed the fact that Faye had taken community preparedness steps, that she had gone to her community association meeting and that they had actually started to try and get their community prepared because that's really the best way to do it is to do it as a group and so it was really impressive Uh, to hear that she already has supplies packed and she's been thinking about it and that she's got an emergency plan, which is something we talk a lot about on this podcast, get that plan written. So she she and her family will know who to talk to and where to go when a disaster strikes. So yeah, Faye was the most prepared person we spoke to at the event. But in general, yeah, that was a pretty good swath of the type of people we spoke to. Most everyone was very concerned with climate change, as they really should be. It's a imminent threat. But then when you get into what have you actually done to prepare for that threat, that's where you get a really wide range of people. Some people were more aware than others of the issues or the specifics of what they should be preparing for. Some people had taken certain steps. Most people hadn't taken much but were kind of worried or anxious about it. And so I would really encourage you out there, if you have not, Started to prepare even a little bit. Those first steps, getting that communication plan, just getting a few extra things of canned food. You know, putting them in a backpack with a flashlight by your door. It's going to make you sleep so much better at night, knowing that you have you have already started to take a little bit of preparedness. So that's what I got out of talking to people at Earth Day. I thought it was really fun. So we'll probably do more events like that coming up in the near future.
0: So Derek, what was your impression of Earth Day 2019? I mean.
1: Uh, Unlike you, I've been going to Earth Day events for a long time now, tabling uh, for myself, so it's always a mixed bag at the Earth Day event in South Sac. Like, I, I tend to divide it into three different groups, there's the groups that make sense to be there, there's always like the Sierra Club or the Friends of the River or the really cool groups like the SAC Community Land Trust that you don't even know exist that are trying to get their name out there. and that So that's really cool to see. But they're also very much tied to the idea of the environment and Earth Day. Then there's the vendors, right? The people selling you stuff. Most Electric
0: of- cars or yeah. SMUD or... Safe credit union. (laughs) Yeah,
1: the banks get in on it. And then there are also like the personal sellers, the people selling you like hippie bags and t-shirts and stuff. And I get why they're there. Like somebody's got to try and make some money off of something. Radio
0: stations too, of course. Of
1: course. But then there's the third category, (laughs) which are the real kind of weirdos. Weirdos.
0: Bizarros. The
1: Uh, the 9-11 Truth Commission was there. And, you know, they're always out there, these things. There
0: was a section, and I'm probably going to alienate one of my most favorite people in the world, but... Uh, she was like an angel Intuitor I, I don't know how else to explain it, but basically, she would just go up to you and be like, knew what sort of angels were around you. I don't know. It was some hippie bullshit I didn't get, and I was like, wow. I guess that's tangently related to the earth. No, it's not. It's not. There isn't even angels on earth because they're not real. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that was my favorite. I think.
1: That was not good. Yeah, no. I went after you left. I kept uh, going around, and I went up to the like. I went up to a booth that a friend of mine was at, and right across from them was the Republican environmentalist. Oh, table. for God's and sake! And I was like, I had to, like do a double take, and I was like, you know what? I haven't had my fill of crap today. <laughs> uh, and so I walked up to the table, and I was literally like, I'll bite. <laughs> like, so I was like, yeah, funny to see you guys here. Like, you generally don't think of Republicanism or Republicans and environmentalism together, and The two old white men behind the table uh, were like, yeah, well, we wouldn't have national parks if it wasn't for Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, God. And he was like, yeah, and Abraham Lincoln was an environmentalist or whatever. Oh, sure. He was
0: technically a Republican when the roles of Republican and Democrat were entirely reversed.
1: Yeah. I was basically like, okay, I'll I'll give you Teddy Roosevelt. Sure. Sure. sure." But uh, yeah, I was like, but you have to admit... Yeah, you know, the Republican Party of the 1800s, maybe not the same as the Republican Party today. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, Nixon passed the Clean Air Act. And I'm like, that is also true. Like, that's a that's good true. point. And, I'm like, and I was like, so, yeah, I was like, all right, that's a good point. Like, that's a historically accurate statement. Nixon did pass the Misleading,
0: Clean Air Act. Misleading, but sure. But I was
1: like, OK, but didn't Bush and Trump? dismantle the clean air act and the clean water act and such and he kind of just like didn't have much to say about it and i I tried to address like the modern environmental movement and how modern republicans are interacting with it considering that the president denies climate change is even real
0: do they believe in climate change
1: i asked them that and he was like yeah i believe in climate change and i was like but you realize (laughs) that your party doesn't right like the republican party doesn't and like This was one of these things where it was really weird, where I felt like after talking to him, I didn't press too much because they both seemed like they were clearly just like, personally, they were Republicans, but they also cared about the environment. They just couldn't leave the Republican part.
0: Honey! Honey! You're not even a real dog. Don't pretend to bark.
1: Anyways, like, they just wouldn't leave the party. I think that, like, they just are always... They still
0: wanted to hate on women and black folks. I guess so. (laughs) But they, I mean, like, they're afraid for the earth
1: but, like if you go to talk to like the gay republicans or oh whatever, god at least they like no no they <laughs> at least have a like a thing to say like they know how to answer the question you want to ask so when you ask the gay republican caucus be like hey guys how uh, how's that going they at least have a, a story to tell you as to why they are both gay and a republican
0: it's but, a bunch of nonsense
1: it's nonsense but they at least have that like these guys were not prepared for that type of questioning and i'm like it's almost
0: like white guys with with absolutely no troubles in their world just don't sure. have to come up with answers for why they do anything
1: exactly but whatever that was the that was the republican environmentalists and okay. i mean there were tons of other good groups there though
0: i didn't see that group so that would have been my i would have preferred the angel lady yeah honestly. definitely <laughs> uh, yeah
1: but no yeah good times at the or uh, the Sacramento Earth Day event i mean So my big takeaway from these interviews and a few others is that almost everyone we spoke to is very concerned about climate change. Right. But almost no one we spoke to has actually done much to prepare for it. Besides Faye. Yeah, and she did it because the county had that program, like I didn't even know about. So I'm going to look into that and figure out what's going on with that or whether that's still something that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a really great service. She had
0: a family plan.
1: Yeah, she had her family plan. She had her go Some bag. Some food. She had food stored and bottled water. And like she had been thinking about it. And she was focused on getting her community ready for it, which was the nice thing. So it was like a community meeting. So that was really impressive. A couple other people had you know, vague ideas that they should get ready. But most people didn't have much ready, so uh, that's not great. Um, I was shocked that the guy, uh, there were a couple people that, you know, were like, knew the risk. They were like, yeah, so it was always a little shocking to me to hear people talk about how they knew that we were going to have a flood, but that they weren't prepared, and then they were like, well, yeah, maybe it won't happen. Or that the guy, you know, a couple people didn't think it was going to happen right now. And, of course, we're not there to, like, challenge people and be like, it's happening right now, you idiots. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was one of these things where maybe, uh, hopefully, some people started thinking about it more. But that's the whole point of our podcast, right? Right. So, yeah, no, it was a fun di- fun time. We should do more
0: of these events. I agree. It was uh, interesting. If anything, I, just to see more weirdos, uh, it was a great experience for that. Just to see more weirdos. Just to see more weirdos. <laughs> you know, it was
2: good.
1: Yeah, good time. So, yeah, a little kind of nice, light podcast this week.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah little mental break for everybody really gonna, for, earth for earth day we'll give you a break
1: yeah all right guys so yeah if you liked us please like subscribe email download do whatever
0: do the things Let's do the
1: things and we will see you next week next week we're probably going to hit everything we're going to do the news oh. we're going to do preparedness i are going to get into it all i'm
0: gonna eat a lot of chocolate
1: yeah all right <laughs> see you guys